Welcome to the Creative Condition Podcast, the show where I, Ben Talon, illustrator and writer, invite people from the creative industry and far beyond to share their story of creativity, both the nature and the nurture, the chaos and the calm. Creativity is a fundamental pillar of human happiness, something I'm increasingly fascinated by. It is so often misunderstood. So little by little, I hope to build an archive of valuable stories, experiences and tips to help you maximise yours. Hello and welcome to the Creative Condition Podcast. My name is Ben Talon, I'm your host. How are you doing? Thank you for listening. How are you? It's getting dark out there. It's getting dark at night. It's getting wet. Politics are still raging. The anger is in the air. It's challenging times if we allow it to get to us. And that's why I wanted to put together a little special episode today about nutrition and mental well-being and physical activity and all of that stuff that sometimes us designers who like to sit here for long hours in front of a screen neglect to great detriment to our creativity and our mental well-being. So I got in touch with Matt McArdle, who taught me in year seven. He was my science teacher. And he was also my school football team coach for a short while. And I always liked Matt. And we lost contact because this was back before, you know, Facebook or any of that stuff where you could keep in touch with people in your life who weren't a part of your everyday. And then Matt bought a book not too long back, which was awesome. We reconnected over Facebook and Instagram. And I saw that Matt was a physiotherapist and a personal trainer. And this was uh, something of passion for him. And it was something he said about nutrition, about how there there are no bad foods, only bad diets. And that really struck me as uh, quite wise, sage advice. And I followed up and I asked him if he'd be willing to come and have a conversation because us lot, as designers, we like to spend long hours, don't we, in front of a screen and we get lethargic and we get down and we share bad news on Twitter and we feel a little bit angry with the world because, you know, because our job requires us to be observant and often empaths and quite sensitive souls. And I just worried that, you know, coming into this cost of living crisis and the state of play this winter, our defences need to be strong for our mental well-being. So Matt and I are going to have a a dive into physical activity and the importance of keeping ourselves sharp and looking after our minds and bodies and feeding it the right food so that we are in the best possible position for doing just that. Before I get into it, I'm going to thank the founding sponsor of the show, Illustration X. You can find them over at illustrationx.com. All their wonderful illustration and animation portfolios, all singing, all dancing, all moving, and GIFs, and live art, and murals, and lettering specialists, and people working live, and sports illustration, and music, and they've got everything you could possibly need, and they're a wonderful bunch of people doing such great work for the arts, so go and check them out on social media, at We Are Illustration X. Um, They're very welcoming, they're there to chat to you, to deal with any queries, to connect you with people all over the world, doing exactly what you need. So go and check them out now, thank you to Illustration X. So... I've always kept reasonably fit. I go through periods where I don't do anything of note. I don't go for a run. I don't do any yoga workouts at home. I don't play football. I don't get on a bike. But my lifestyle, I guess, has always been such that I've walked a lot of places and I have to get out and about sometimes to research for my job. You know, even if it's just walking to a coffee shop or changing my scene to keep myself mentally active. 
but I have always been very aware of the paramount importance of staying physically active to keep the mind fresh. Now, as you'll know if you're a regular listener to this show, I do a lot of stuff around mental health because, you know, at the end of the day, personality is everything with creativity. And if mental well-being is down or physical well-being is down, then of course the personality suffers and therefore creativity is not at its peak. And we need it to be at its peak, don't we, to serve our clients, to serve our desired direction in our creative careers. Um, And it's certainly something to be said about the times when I am lethargic and when I do dwell or I'm likely to overthink things goes hand in hand with the times that I haven't necessarily kept myself, I'm not even going to say peak fitness, just fit, just well and active, because that's what this comes down to. I didn't want to have a conversation today about, you know, spending all week in a gym or being muscle bound or anything like that, or getting on any one piece of kit. It's not about that. It's about finding, just like creativity, it's about finding what works for you and your schedule and your family and your circumstances and your mental and physical abilities. That's all it is. And just coming into this winter with with all the negativity uh, in the air and all the, you know, we're only just back off COVID and here comes the cost of living crisis and here's the, the worst government on record in this country, in my opinion. And there's a lot to be down about. But we can manage those feelings. We can stay on top of it and we can retain some control. And Matt's going to talk to us about exactly how. It's not going to get too much into the science. That's all out there if you want to read up on it. I do have a couple of snippets, actually, in my notes. And there were a few gleanings that I made during the research. So higher levels of physical activity, volume, at ages 12 to 13 years were associated with low scores on the emotional problems at age 15 to 16 years. That's something I pulled from one report. Not talking remedy to any conditions here, um, or even a preventative tool to you know any mental health issues or any depression or anything like that. It's not about that. It's about being the best we can be in the circumstances we have. Um, breaking up screen time, you know. There's a, there was a big study done recently in Queensland by the university. And again, around that similar age bracket, it showed that for whatever the reasons were, for guys, anything over two hours straight on a screen became bad, detrimental to our well-being and our cognitive reasoning and the rest of it. For girls, it was... Um, sorry, girls was over two hours, guys was over four hours. I don't know what why the difference there. You'd have to do your digging to find that out. But it's interesting because... Let's face it, we all know it. Anyone who's spent their evenings on their phone just flicking through social media and flitting from one website to another, I don't know about you, but I feel scatterbrained and I feel drained and I can't focus when I do that. And it's the same when I'm working. If I spend too long in any one location and any one project is staring for hours on end, it's not good. We don't need science to tell us that's not good. So it's about that stuff and it's about the belonging and the purpose and the focus that comes with physical activity. So from another article... According to health psychologist Dr. Kelly McGonagall, the endorphins only explain a small part. There are many other ways exercise makes us happier, by lowering stress levels, reducing feelings of loneliness and isolation, and helping people relieve anxiety and depression, among other benefits. So like I said, it's about, you know, relieving and managing. It's not about preventative or um, curing anything, because 
it runs a lot, a lot deeper than that, you know, particularly with the clinical stuff. Um, and Dr. Kelly McGonagall said, when you exercise, it increases endorphins, dopamine and adrenaline, endocannabinoid. These are all brain chemicals associated with feeling happy, feeling confident, feeling capable, feeling less anxiety and stress and even less physical pain. Movement itself primes you to connect with others, bond and trust people. I um, I was talking to my wife, Laura, recently, and she told me about a podcast she listened to, and Dr. Rangan Chatterjee was a guest. And he said that, you know, as a practicing doctor, he prescribed to one person more time with their friends. I'm a big believer that we need to see advances now with doctors and the way we uh, we treat patients in that world. Nutrition has to come into play. I think it's crazy the lack of training for doctors and nutrition and the fact that there isn't a nutritionist or a dietitian in every practice. Well, it's not going down the rabbit hole of big pharma and the role there with medicine, but nutrition is so important for our mental and physical well-being. It's, it's hard to understate that. Um, but I love that, that Dr. Rangan, Rangan Chatterjee prescribed more time with friends because he felt that that person was lacking that everything that that socializing and fun times and simplicity of spending time recreationally brings massive um there was another quote too and it was um exercise also been shown to help some people with depression which experts say could be due to an increase in nerve cell growth in the brain that happens when you exercise another chemical that's shown to help relieve stress and boost happiness is myokine which your body creates and your muscles contract. These myokines begin to change the function and the structure of your brain in ways that make you more resilient to stress and can help people recover from depression and even anxiety disorders, McGonagall said. So there's so much research out there. I remember back on episode five of this podcast, which I always recommend people listen to, with John Newbegin, who is the head of Creative England, chair of Creative England, I should say. And he told a story about a Channel 4 programme called Please Don't Stop the Music, where a school had had its music budget cut to something criminal, like 60 quid for the year or something preposterous. And they'd brought the community together to raise money to buy basic equipment so that they could maintain the musical education of these kids. And people looked at music lessons in school as just this throwaway, stupid, you know, fun thing. But when they actually doubled down on this and brought a guy in, a musician from the outside, to, to work and to raise this money and to work with kids and get them energised through music, lo and behold, their results in all the other subjects, the academic stuff, the maths, the science, the English, went through the roof because they were engaged and energised and sharper and better versions of themselves. And that's why I wanted to talk to Matt today. So I apologise, we're not going to get into the kind of neuroscience and the deeper side of that. But there's so much research out there that's well worth your time to read if you want to go further. But Matt and I are going to talk about the kind of social side of this and the effect on creativity and mental health and, you know, ways you can exercise, why it's important to tailor it to your own circumstances. So I had a great bit of fun chatting to Matt today because it's been a long time. Like I said, he taught me in year seven at school. And I always remember Matt... Um, there was something for me about PE lessons where I felt way more at home than any other part of school, and that includes art and design, because I just loved the belonging on those fields, whether it was football or athletics. Or, you know, I enjoyed the practice of sport for a start, 
But more importantly, the belonging and the community and the laughs and everything that came there was closer to what I would eventually find in abundance in art school and in the creative industry. It was that community and that sense of purpose and belonging. And Matt was a part of that because there was him and a few of the younger teachers, as you mentioned, Joe Bentley at the start there and Dave Metcalf, who was our PE teacher at school, who I just found more in common with than uh, any other teachers because we had that bond that, that transcended the fact that we were 11 year olds and these guys were older, were teachers. And I remember Matt pulling me out of the school minibus, big crest emblazoned down the side because we'd been pulled over by an undercover police officer from a car because I being a little dickhead at the age of 11 or 12 was giving fingers abusive gestures out of the back window of this car behind and as luck would have it it was an undercover police officer and the embarrassment that put Matt through and I remember him pulling me to one side and just going if you ever fucking do that again I will kill you Talon and I remember being like mortified and but also just shocked and quite impressed that his teacher had sworn <laughs> and um I mean, it spoke a lot about the fact that I hadn't found much in the way of belonging at that age and I was a mischievous little shit, but, you know, there was something about sport and physical activity that just transcended age and difference and social, you know, circumstances and everything else. So that's why I wanted to talk to him today. So there you go, 20 years down the line, we're having this conversation and I hope there's something in it and I hope this serves as something you can kind of action with some nice tips and get some physical activity and good nutrition in your life this winter that's going to help sharpen your creativity and your focus and just keep those mental health defences strong because we're all going to need it this winter. So thank you again to Illustration X for supporting the show as ever. Go and check them out over at illustrationx.com or we are Illustration X on social media. Um, hit me up at Ben Talon on social media or at Ben Talon Pod. I use at Ben Talon more often, but I'm there on both. Enjoy. Let me know what you think. Backgrounds are always important. And I mean, I, yeah, know, yeah, you, yeah. I know you as a teacher. So, I mean, let's mm. talk about the sort of that, the, you know, where did, how did that come about? Because you did sport, you were science at school, right? But you did sports as well. I, I was a science teacher, but um, I, I obviously ran the year seven football team along with uh, Joe Bentley, if you remember. I do. And, and the reason that came about was um, the was tools at college that teach training. When you go for interviews, always say that you'll, you'll take on extracurricular because they like it. So... That main interview was like, yeah, yeah, I'd love to take on a sports team. That'd be great. And we got about to about first half term, about six weeks in, and uh, Connor Davis, who was head of the time, he said, um, "Are you running any sports teams yet?" I'm like, I'm just sorting out now. I'm going to sort it out. So I went to Dave Metcalf and said, oh, "I want to run a football team." And he went, "Right, take on year seven. So that's that's how that happened. But um, outside of teaching, my my main interests and hobbies were were sports and exercise. That mm -hmm. that's what I did. Um, because people used to always find it really surprising that I taught science and not PE because mm. that, that's my, my background was sport and uh, I, I went to a school in, in Bradford where sport was really important and if you're in the sports teams you, you got away with a lot and, and you learn that and especially if you were any good and, and we had really good sports teachers and really good coaches and uh, if you weren't good enough you weren't in team simple as that if you were good enough, you were a team. We were we were competing at local level. We were competing at national level. So we'd be a, we, a note would go around all our teachers, right? So and so so and so be out of school Thursday, Friday because we're going out to Coventry for nationals. You know, and that's that's how it was, and it was just that. And that were kind of that was kind of my life, sport and exercise. Mm -hmm. um, um, 
But then if I look look at uh, my, my, my dad, more than my mum, I'd say, but my dad and my granddad, they, they were both very sporty. Um, my, my granddad was a was a boxer before the war. Um, um, and my dad were a boxer. And, and I my, my dad used to go to the gym before gyms existed. They weren't mm. called gyms, they were called health clubs. And, and even now when he goes, he's 76 now, he still goes to the gym five days a week. And um, even now he refers to it as the club. He goes to the club. Um, I remember, I always remember a conversation I had when I was about nine with some friends at school. We were talking about our dads. And I was like, oh, yeah, my dad goes to the club every night on his way home from work. And all my mates were like, oh, my dad's he's only like to go on a Sunday before before dinner. And they were talking about a working men's club or a labour club. I was talking about a gym. We totally, totally different things. Um, but, but I always remember I he used to train on a Saturday morning really early be there as the gym opened at 8 a.m <clears throat> and i used to go down when i was about six i used to just sit in the corner and watch him watch him train and mm. then when i got to about 12 or 13 he'd say to Owen, is it all right if my lad does a session with me nice and owner like yeah yeah no problem no problem like that. so i i always exercised and then and i always did sport my, my sport really was running and swimming um and being a little kid at school being good at sport it stops you getting bullied you know, you want sports teams, and there were some big kids on sports teams. So if they thought anyone having a go at you, they'd they'd sort it out for you. Mm. Um, so it, it rose for me. It's, it's always been kind of my thing doing sport and exercise. Be, being a science teacher was kind of like probably accidental, really. Um, I think it was I, I had some advice that uh, my career prospects would be better teaching science than teaching PE. Mm. You know, whether that were right or not, I don't know. I think. Um, um, but I enjoyed my teaching. I enjoyed doing the little bits of sport that I did. But outside of school, I did loads of coaching, loads of you know, uh, competing of my own and that kind of thing. So, so yeah, that's kind of where where it it, it came from. And then when I left teaching, um, <clears throat> I was going back to university to do physiotherapy, um, which I'd always wanted to do. But at eighteen, I wouldn't have had the grades to do it. <laughs> um, um, always wanted to do it, and it was like, right, how how can I afford to do it? Now at, at the time, going back now. 2006 or what 15 16 years ago um course fees were still paid for by the nhs and i also got a bursary and the bursary um just about covered my mortgage at the time so it was like right all i need is money to live on and i had a little bit of savings but i didn't want to touch them if i could help it so i thought right what what do i what can i do that fits in nicely so having always gone to the gym and always done some coaching i i, I decided to sort of go down the personal training route so that that's how that happened and the great thing with personal training like i said to you before is it, it's flexible you know you can say to people do you know what i'm available every morning between 6 a.m and 8 a.m and then i'm available every afternoon from 4 till 10. you mm. know and that's quite a big chunk of time i've been working if, if you need to um so that's how i kind of fell into that um and then physiotherapy and the training we just we just kind of go together we just it's we just work so well together and and, and and most of my clients kind of they kind of fall in this like like gray area where they're not really physio patients, but they're not really a personal training. So mm. if we went to a personal trainer, they'd probably go, Do you know what? Be outside my scope, practice that, go see a physio. Most physios will go, oh, do you know what? You need to see a trainer. So we're kind of fit into that. Um so yeah, I, I mean I've some of be normal, I want a six pack, I want big rams, I want to run a marathon kind of clients, but most of them are kind of a little bit different. Mm. Um, which makes it really interesting, really interesting. So, so yeah, yeah that, that's kind of how 
just kind of happened really. What what's really nice is it's, I'm 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 basically I'm still a teacher. I'm still a teacher. That's what I do. I teach people to to look after themselves. I teach people to overcome injuries. I teach people to move better. That that's my job teaching really. It's just mm. now I'm called a physio and trainer. Um, but and and I encourage people to do exercise and to to eat well and and, and so on. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm still teaching, but so in in a lot of ways that transition became quite easy. I mean, I have done little bits of, of um, university lecturing, um, um, not a great deal, little bits and bats. And people are like, oh, how do you find that? I'm like, do you know what? I find it really easy because it's yeah. my comfort. I'm talking about something I know lots about in a in a way that I've done thousands of times before, so I find that quite easy. Whereas I know other people. When I do doing my physio, I used to do a lot of presentations. And people say, oh, have you prepped your presentation yet? Well, I'm, and this would be like Wednesday. Well, well it's not till Friday, is it? And I'm like, why don't you start it? I'm like, no, I'll do it Thursday night. You know, they spent weeks preparing a 20-minute presentation. Yeah. And I'd spend 15 minutes and they were like, that's not fair. Like, but that's my skill set. That's what I, I can do kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so and in that respect, I'm still at that now. I, I can deliver things and I find that relatively easy. That's my comfort zone. Yeah. But, um, in terms of being in the gym, the gym's my my safe space. You mm-hmm. know, that, that's what it, when I'm feeling. If I'm if I'm feeling fed up or I'm, I've had a bad day or something, my, my wife says, "Go to the gym, or go out for a run, or I hope you're going swimming tonight." You know, just because she knows. You know, I, I I go swimming on a Thursday night. I don't get home till about twenty to eleven, but she knows when I come in, I'll be bouncing. You know, yeah. from the endorphins from the exercise, but also because while I'm doing that, I will swim. I have thinking about anything else. You yeah, know, that's my that's my time to to just to just. All I'm thinking about is why is my heart rate so high and how's it so hard tonight? <laughs> you know, yeah. apart from that, it's it's just a bit of my me time, really. You know, yeah. which is really fun. You know, especially you'll have found yourself, especially with kids. Yeah, you, know, you need that time. Sometimes you need that time. It's so important. So. Well, you, you do. You really do. And I think you know we get finished by between eight and a half past usually when they're in bed exhausted mm. usually asleep by half nine watching something not by choice just falling asleep mm. and my, part of my plan at the minute is to get a bike because that's the one bit that i find hard to make the time for is not is, you know, because i'm passionate about what i do the trap is that if i get any free yeah. time i go and write stories about weird people so it's yeah like, yeah, yeah. I've read actually, i need to just take a bit better care of myself in that regard and going do you know what do you just need to do watch that film you wanted to watch or go for a walk somewhere mm. whatever it is it's not work and not kids so by getting a bike, my plan is, you know, I'm in a new area. I moved to Salisbury last October. It's like there's all this green space and all these surrounding places that my day-to-day doesn't take me. So yeah. in one hit, I can get a bit of that, that physical exercise back, but also a bit of adventure. Get out of my camera and I go yeah, yeah. just explore like I used to do when I was a kid. And there's something very um, mentally rewarding about that, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. And and the knock-on from that is, I mean, you work in the creative arts, Um but not come from that is that you will it'll clear your mind you'll be better at what you do and and i and i ne- i never thought of myself as being creative um i don't know if you remember from when i taught science i couldn't draw diagrams on board i, <laughs> I once drew a vessel of mortar and honestly it was really questionable <laughs> um, <laughs> i was like right i better, better rub that off um and i listened we're actually listening to one of your podcasts it was um ben ryan yeah and it was about that and i was like actually what i do is creative it's just a different type of creativity, mm-hmm. and and if you if you don't look after yourself physically and mentally, um, then you can't do your job. You can't do what you're meant to be doing. And I know, I mean, I I always say, and you're probably the same. I I don't have a job. I've got a hobby, and people pay me to do it. 
and that's the best kind of job to have. Um, but I can't do my hobby well if I'm not looking after myself, you know. And and I was there has been times in the last sort of two or three years where um, probably going back longer where I haven't been looking after myself in that respect. And I know my work then suffers, and I know it suffers because I have some really long term clients who will tell me, you know, they'll say that one might be today. Well, what's wrong with you? You know, and I think, right, I mean, this is what I need to do. I know what I need to do, you know. Um, so, yeah, so, um, um, and again, it, what, what's hard for me sometimes is that, like, right, I know I need to do a gym session, but you know what? I've just spent 12 hours in gym. I've seen 15 clients. I don't want to spend any longer here, you know. So sometimes that, and sometimes a little bit of that, that time management that has to come into it sometimes where I have to say, do you know what? On that day, I'm blocking two hours out because, you know what, I'm having – 45 minutes in the gym, then I'm going to have a shower, then I'm going to have some nice lunch, then I'll be back on it, you know. Yeah. Um, and and that's it. And, and and the thing is, I'm telling my clients to be doing that. Mm-hmm. So I've got to do it myself, otherwise I'm not. You know, what, what I find hard is because of the nature of having children, sometimes it's like I have to do a 12-hour day that's back-to-back because on another day I'm only working two hours, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but at the same time, when I'm only working two hours, you know, oh, you've got loads of time. Well, no, I haven't because I've got kids that need to be – on a Tuesday night, three of the kids have to be in three different places at exactly the same time. And it's like, why am I to do that? And then I'll have, and then obviously I've got the little and Albert who has to be fed at a certain time. You know what they like it like? If they're not fed yeah. at the right time, you know, if they sleep too long at the right at the wrong time, you napped that night. You're not sleeping, so it's all that management. But at the same time, you've, you've sometimes almost got to be selfish. So last weekend. Uh, in the summer, the boys, the old boys are on um, in scouts and we're on scout camp. So me and Molly and and Jen and Albert went up to the Dales for a couple of days, stayed in a pod. Um, and it's a campsite that we use all the time, we go all the time. And I just said to Jen, I said, you know what, in September, I said, I'm going to take a weekend where I'm just going to come up on my own for a couple of days, um, just switch my phone off, just go up and, you know, just have a chill out, you know. So I went up last weekend, took my mountain bike, walking kit, Spent an afternoon walking, did a bit of mountain bike, a bit more, just just relaxed, but got myself back into a little bit of a routine kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then I've come back this week and I'm like totally refreshed and ready to go kind of thing, you know. Um, but it wasn't just a go away, lay in my bed for two days and rest. It was go away and actually yeah. physically do something out, out in the in the open air, a little bit, call it self-care, don't I? Well, this is this is the thing. It's like you know whether it's what you do, or what I do. We're passionate about what we do, and the, mm. the flip side of that is you sometimes feel like you've got to be using every minute to some kind of productive effect. Whereas actually, to do that when you are working, like you said, to be firing on all cylinders, you've got to find the balance. And I know in my industry, it's rife for people who are you know slightly obsessive about what they do, and, and because they're self-employed and they're mm. constantly chasing something down. They don't take that time out or they don't make the time to exercise. Whereas actually, when you invariably when you do, whenever I go away on holiday, have a the complete switch off, God, second half of that week, the ideas really start coming thick and fast out, yeah, fast out of yeah, the yeah. clear my mind. And then that energy when you come back is just incredible. And the flow state that you get yourself in then yeah. is amazing. So it's probably better killing a few hours of that time to make sure that you are doing it effectively. And you just be yeah. happy. I think you're just a happier human, aren't you? When you know when you do when you find that, that absolutely. Happy. And and I find that 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 when I'm doing that and taking that time for myself, that I'm I'm a, a better human. I'm a better parent. I'm yeah. a better husband. I'm I'm better with my clients, you know, uh um and I know when I need that break as well because because 
I'll be snappy with kids and I, and I hate that. I'm like, I don't want to be, you know, my, my eldest son, he's, he's just gone 14. <clears throat> you know what teenagers are, they're hard work. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I have, to, I have to think to myself, he's 14, he's a kid still. When I was 14, crikey, you know, my ass from my elbow, you know. Um, and, and he said, but, but when I'm looking after myself, I find it a lot easier to deal with that. You know, and I'm a lot more tolerant and I'm a lot more calm and I think before I react to anything, um, you know, and having that, 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 that time away and for that time away for me is my exercise, my training. It's when I, I, I get to go to the gym, when I get to swim, you yeah. know, uh, when, when I when I swim, I swim with the um, triathlon club I'm a member of. And when I go for a swim session tonight, it's a coached session. So I go along and they tell me what to do. And it's mm. brilliant. And it's absolutely brilliant. I love it because it's like, I don't even have to think about one. I don't get to pull it right. What I'm going to do tonight. It's like, I'm thinking, I wonder what we're doing tonight. And I just, and I do as I'm told and I love it because it's even more switch off. Mm-hmm. You know, they're telling me like, right, when you're doing your stroke, you need to do this and make sure you're rotating your hips more. And, you know, your hands are crossing over still, make sure, you know, and so I'm thinking about that stuff. I'm not thinking about anything else. So yeah. then when I get out, I'm just like, wow, what a great check me watch. How many ones have I swum and, all that kind of thing, you know. Yeah. We're all obsessed with what's on his watches now. Um, but then I, I know I feel better for it. Um, <clears throat> I mean, during, I mean during lockdown, obviously all the gyms were short, um, but I have I'd some of my own equipment at home anyway. Um, and we we'd go for a walk every day with kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jen Jen were pregnant at the time. She was like in the last few weeks of pregnancy. Um, so we go some days it'd be a really short walk because she was kind of waddling. But we get to like eight o'clock at night, and she just said to me, "Why, why don't you go out for a walk? Up? Go out for a little run, you know?" Because she knew that for, that's what I needed. So that the day after, I was back on phone, having kids around the house, and you know, the worry of not earning any money because we were shut down, things like that, you know. So mm-hmm. um, she totally gets that, you know. Um, I mean, she gets it herself because she she likes to run herself. But she'll come home some nights. She's like, well, "I need to go for it." And she, off she goes for a run, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and it's, it's good if you've got someone around who supports you when when you know you need to do that exercise and, and things like that. So Yeah. Well, this is it. I mean, you know, right as we speak now, and that's why I wanted to do it around this time of year is because, you know, okay, it's dark by 8 o'clock already. Soon that's yeah. going to be 6 and 5. And, you know, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't have the the terminology to explain that in scientific terms, but you just feel it. You know, you can, I used to work in a job in Waterstones in Preston when I worked in Goods Inn. So I was underground, artificial light. I'd arrive in the dark early in the morning and I'd leave yeah. it back by five o'clock. And yeah. there's just something about you know, that lunch break was crucial for me to just get out and, and you know, stride around mm. and get some daylight. And I think that yeah. something uh, that makes us vulnerable around this time of year. Um, is it, I mean, do you do, do you see this in with your clients or is this something that you factor in like the mental health side of things and, 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 and the link between physical activity and mental health? I, I see it. I see it an awful lot. Um, I, I get sometimes I get people coming to me because they, they want to get physically active, but actually what it is is the mental health, and they just haven't drawn the link between the two. Um, I mean, I've got I mean, I've got one client, and I mean, crikey, she's got PTSD from childhood trauma. She's got all kinds of things going on, and and when she first started with me, she she didn't want to go in it. She would not go in the gym, so I take her in a private space. Um, and we just do some bodyweight exercises. And then I persuaded her, I said, right, before we start now, can we, let's just spend five minutes on biking cardio area. Let's do that. And then we'll go back to the room and do it. So we did that. The first couple of times I took her, I made sure the cardio area wanted it. Just her in there. And then there'd be a person in there, a couple of people. But then the next thing was like, right, let's get in the gym. Let's 
you know, because she had this big phobia going in the gym, which a lot of people have. Um, and, and we got to a point where she'd come in and we'd, we'd never do prior. We'd always be in the gym because she had this thing in her head, I'm safe because Matt's here, he'll keep an eye on me and things like that. Um, <clears throat> and then she got to a point where she said to me, can I come use the gym on my own if I'm not? I said, well, you'd have to join as a member. But if you feel you're up to it, do it. So she'd do that. And I'd keep an eye on when she were attending. So my, and sometimes i say, notice you're not being in the gym much and you've not seen me for a couple of weeks. <clears throat> no, I'm not. I don't really. I said, tell you what, why don't you come down? We'll have a coffee and a chat. And she wanted, she's one of those women who always wears gym leggings anyway. So she came in the gym and I said, while you're here, let's jump on bike for five minutes. We'd have five minutes on bike. I said, well, I said, now you want it. Let's just jump downstairs and throw some kettlebells and a tire around and things like that. And she'd leave end of session with a big smile on her face and just go, oh, thanks, that's just what I needed. She just, did, she just didn't know she needed it. And I, and I see it increasingly now. And I, I remember after lockdown, I mean, a lot of lads were like, men in particular, I'd say, um, well, oh, get the gyms open, leave the gym open. And we'd be in the gym and you'd see the door open and you'd see the lad come in and he'd be a big, strong, tough lad, muscles everywhere. And as he came in, you could see them actually go, oh, you know, because they knew that's what they needed. Um, and that, that, and in lockdown, when, when it locked down, all the price of gym kit went through the roof. <laughs> no one could afford to. And, and, and people draw that, like, I need that, that exercise. Whether it's lifting weights in the gym, whether it's going for a run, okay, but it's just people don't always draw the link. Mm. Um, G, GPs are getting better now. GPs are getting to the point now where they are actually sort of saying to people, you need to get more active, especially some of the younger, more um, forward-looking ones. I mean, one of the GPs from, from the surgery near the gym comes into the gym, and he yeah. says, in your ways, if someone comes in and they say they're feeling a bit now, he says to them, get outside, do some walking, join the gym, mm. go to some classes, go swimming, you'll feel better. And people invariably do, they feel, they feel better for it. Yeah. Um, well, it's, know, my, proven, my dad, it's, it's proven, isn't it, to, to lower stress and feelings yeah. of isolation is what I, what I found in the research for this episode. Mm. Um, mm. You know, um, lowers anxiety and depression. It's not a root, you know, it's not going to cure these things. <laughs> But oh, it's certainly—it's no. like we said. Going back to what we said earlier, it certainly gives you the clarity and presence of mind to be able to yeah. better manage these feelings. Mm. Whether it's a bad news cycle, or you know, let's say you're stuck inside and it's a dark night, and there's you know the war in Ukraine and all this other shit going on that yeah, you're yeah. constantly exposed to now because we are bombarded with so much information. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, whether it's a, having a single focus of going out and doing something, whether it's the endorphins, whether it's there are so many benefits. Mm. I think. It's probably a combination of them all, really. You know, uh, I know certainly one of the things, one of the things, my mum and dad have been married 55 years nearly. I mean, dad goes to the gym five days a week. I once said to me, well, do you not mind that he disappears to the gym every day for a couple of hours? He went, oh, I'd kill him if he were here all the time. <laughs> you know, and he has, my dad's, my dad's a little bit like me in that, in that I know lots of people, but I don't have, I don't have what I call lots of friends, you mm. know, and he's like that. And, but he has these friends at the gym. And the only place he sees them is at the gym. And they're his mates and he goes down to see him. And, you know, he, he, he were ill a few weeks ago. Not, not too serious, but he couldn't exercise. He went to the gym anyway, had a coffee with his mates. And, and it was just that that thing and, and that camera. And, and I see it in the gym where I'm based. It, honestly, I, I mean, I'm, I'm cracking on a bit now. I'm 51 now. And I've been going in gyms since I was a knee-eye to a grasshopper. And I've been in dozens and dozens of gyms. And I've never been in a gym where the, the camaraderie and the friendship is like it is there. And people will go in and it's like one lad and he he'd not been in for months and months and months. And then he finally came in and um 
it was like, oh, where have you been? And it was like, oh, I've had testicular cancer. And it was like, geez, why didn't you tell us when you come to see you or whatever? Well, I didn't want that. I just wanted you to know you were all here when I came back. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what it was. And then there was another lad who kind of got himself into a bit of bother, um, owed some money to some people who didn't, he shouldn't have really owed it to. <laughs> um, and he wanted, he wanted in a good place. And one of Jim Orders sent a message out to about a dozen of us saying, can you all touch base with so-and-so? Just, you know, check how he is, get him down, do a session with him, things like that. And that's what we did. And it was like, and, and that's the other thing in the gym. And when you're exercising, whether or whether you're in a running club or a swimming club or you join a mountain bike or anything where you're doing that physical activity together, you've got this common all of a sudden you've got this common bond. Mm. So in that gym, we've got we've got doctors, we've got solicitors, we've got bricklayers, we've got builders, we've got plumbers, electricians, we've got guys who, who don't work because of stay-at-home dads and things like that. But in that gym, we've got all one thing in common. Same when I go swimming tonight, the triathlon club was was I know tonight one of the lads who's is a is a trainee doctor. I swim with him. I swim about three lengths behind him because he's unreal. Um, but then there's people who are retired. There's a retired GP. There's there's a builder. There's you know. But in the water and that we're all the same and we've all got the same goal, um, or the same goals. But one of those goals is I feel better after I've done this physically yeah. and mentally, and that's that's one of the goals. And I, I I don't think initially when you first start that's what you think when you first start. You think right, I want to be able to swim faster. But I know tonight. I'm, General said to me, she said to me this morning, she'll leave, are you swimming tonight? I went, yeah, yeah. She didn't ever say, oh, don't go swimming or like, like that. She's like, yeah, all right, fine, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure there's something waiting for you when you get in, which mm-hmm. she does. I say she does, like, the ball back up, but that's no big easy, <laughs> you know. Um, but, yeah, it's that. And, but I, I, I my, my three older children, they all do sport and activity, and I notice it with them. If, if they miss a week or two because of whatever, I noticed it with them that they kind of, you know, um, and it, it's also from a parenting point of view, it's it's a really good opportunity to do things with them, mm-hmm. you know, you know, like so on a Saturday morning we, we go off and do park run, and the boys will be like, oh dad, can you run it with me this week? Can I try and set me people? And so that's what I'll do. And so you get that little time with them, you feel great for it then, and so do they, you know, especially if we run a new fast time or the beat someone who, who beat them the week before and things like that, you know, that, that sense of achievement makes them feel good, um, which makes them happier and makes them nicer kids, you know. Um, and from my point of view, it's like, yeah, that's that's what I want them to be doing kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it does. And I think the thing is as well, you know, when people who maybe haven't had a life of doing sport or they're not naturally inclined to do that, what you find is, you know, their, their brain tends to go from, zero to 100 so they go straight to this mm. vision of a, of a gym with a lot of uh, muscle-bound guys in there whereas actually it can be many many farms it's like if just for me the local dog walk is amazing i mean the amount of people i've met on that and at the end of the day just to go down there with a the dog and have this walk with all these people it's the same thing as what you described in the gym there I was talking to a guy about his autism last night and we went for a pint and you know to chat about it and uh, and you get these people from all these different walks of life that w- wouldn't otherwise have anything in common or maybe wouldn't cross paths. But you've got yeah. a scene, and I'm always a, I've always been a major lover of mine of sport, right up there with that. And it's for that reason, whether it's mm. right from school P football teams, right through to being a rugby league fan and going to games with yeah. lads to watch or play, mm. they're right through to little casual things that you can just slip into your schedule. So I guess. Is that a part of what you do is kind of helping people work with their lifestyle and their schedule? Yeah, yeah. When I mean, because obviously a common thing nowadays is I ain't got time. I ain't got time or I 
can't afford the gym or I can't do I ain't got and it's like getting them into being <clears throat> almost dropping the word exercise and using the word activity and oh. getting getting more active. And I mean, in some way, one of the great things about lockdown <clears throat> was that more people walked. People yeah. were walking. We were allowed out for walks. So it was like, right, I'm going for my walk now. You know, um, and, and a funny thing I ever saw was um, we're out. We live by a canal in Riddlesden, and um, we go up on a canal and we walk on canal. And it got quite busy during the lockdown. But at one point, it was like, um, you remember the Peter K cover of uh, Amarillo? Yeah, it was like that. There was these two guys walking in front of us, and then someone else came in and jumped, and someone else came. And it was like that. It was hilarious. It was like obviously we were kind of bending the rules a little bit, but it was like, yeah, I can see what we're doing, kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so that's my kind of. It's almost like a gateway exercise. Yeah. You know, let's let's get you walking. Let's get you out active and walking. Let's get you outside and oh, it's a bit cold. Wear a coat, put a hat on. You know. Yeah. You know, and then the next point from that is all right. Why, why don't you walk? So actually, you're not running, but you're walking a little bit faster. So actually, your heart rate goes up and you get a little bit sweaty, maybe, you know, and and you know, and it's just that that gateway into it. Um, yeah. One of, one of the things that, as well with 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 a lot of lot of people as they, as they get older, and in particular women, is there's a massive importance to do resistance training, lifting weights, and getting them into that, and just talking all about the benefits and the advantages of it and why they should be doing it. Um, and the other classic thing used to be from women, no, I don't want to be all too muscly. And I'd be like, look, if it were that easy, every guy in the gym would look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I said, in the door, <laughs> you know, it's really difficult to put a lot of muscle on. I said, but it is very easy to get stronger, you know, and you will benefit. Once you start pointing out the benefits, then it, it becomes a, it becomes accessible to them that they want to do it. Yeah. Um, and, and certainly what, what I find is once people start doing it, they enjoy it. Yeah. You know, and you know, and you know, and, and they all have they all have different goals. And what I've found increasingly though that you're getting a lot more people coming in with a goal of I want to be healthy. I want to be healthy and I want to be fit, especially as I start getting a little bit older. Do you know what? I've got grandchildren. I want to be able to play football in garden with them, you know, and I can't do that because my knees are because I weigh too much. All right, mm-hmm. let's. Let's let's look at how we're going to do this kind of thing. Let's look at your diet. Let's look at what you're eating. Let's look at how active you are. And and I'm I mean, where I'm based, I'm on the top floor. I'm I'm on the third floor, and there's a fourth floor because it goes right down to the basement. So I'm on the top. I average about fifteen to twenty thousand steps a day. And that's my that's my normal in that. And uh, and people come in and I say, well, what what are you averaging a day? And they don't know, so they they, they wear the watch for a few days. We're averaging two and a half thousand steps a day, and it's like, wow, you're like, you're not even moving, you've got to move more, you know. And again, that that's your kind of your gateway into getting them exercising. You're not moving, you've got to move. And, and if, once you stop calling it exercise and call it movement, people yeah. are like, oh, yeah, that makes that makes sense. Um, I mean, I don't know if you've noticed, I've started this little challenge on, on Facebook for people called 100 Day Challenge 100 Days Out from Christmas, pick a little habit every day that you can do for 100 days, so after 100 days is part of your daily routine um, that will make your life better. And someone said to me, oh, could I run 5K every day? I went, you could, I said, but you're not going to. I said, it's too big. A, I said, it could be that you're going to hit your step target every day. You know, so one of the girls has said, I've given up chocolate bars for 100 days, so it's no longer, you know, she's, eating, she's not giving up chocolate, just chocolate bars, so she can have a chocolate mousse as a, as a treat. So it's, it's manageable and she can achieve yeah. it and still have a little treat. And 
it's just getting people into that idea of being a little bit more active, a little bit more. And the the, all, the benefits from it mentally and physically are just phenomenal. Uh, and once you start feeling physically better and mentally better, it's, it's kind of like a cycle. I feel physically better. It makes me feel mentally better, which yeah. means I'll do more physically some. But it's this constant cycle. You yeah. Know, if you yeah. drop it, and what one thing you know that like I always think that one of the one of the dangers is when lethargy, when you confuse lethargy for tiredness. Yeah, yeah. Because once yeah. lethargy kicks in, you you mentally sluggish, physically sluggish. You feel tired. Mm-hmm. But it's not mm-hmm. tiredness, is it? It's uh, and it, and it's it's amazing how quickly that goes with just even one session. I remember yeah. a friend of mine and I used to. We joined a, a bunch of older guys. They were in the mid fifties at the time. We were only you know mid twenties in Manchester, and we, we they used to put us on separate teams for that reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just a Tuesday night five aside. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, I, think Monday, I think it might be more. Anyway, whatever it was, there was cobwebs from the weekend. We used to go out two nights a week at that point. And, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was amazing, the feeling, coming out of that five-a-side session for one hour. And for me, I mean, I've always struggled with running and the things that just involve me getting up, going out, and then and sustaining that mentally, yeah. I've struggled with. But put a ball in a five-a-side court in front of me, and I've always kept a good level of physical fitness, and I can just run like a dog. Yeah, and but and then you know coming out of there, the 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 cobwebs that were cleared were phenomenal, and all them worries of that day, sitting there at home feeling sluggish and lethargic as a freelancer and fretting about the lack yeah. of work or whatever it was, were just gone on a Tuesday, and I wasn't sitting there thinking about them. I was addressing them and working on the yeah, front. Yeah. It's just I love that feeling. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a, it's a, and it, it, it's like a, you know, it, I I see it with my kids. I'll be sat down and the you know kids are like teenagers, especially. I want to be on the screens all the time. And it's like, I'll sometimes say, right, you've got 20 minutes on your screens and we're going out. What are we doing? Don't know. We're going out. Can we go to part with football? Yeah, come on. And then they come back, being out for an hour or so, we don't even look at the screens. We do something else. Yeah. You know, because you bang with switch back on kind of thing. You yeah. know, uh, in fact, we even, we we have a, the, the boys have phones and <clears throat> I was sick and tired of them just staring at the phone. So I said to them one day, I'm like, right, on a Sunday, you're not allowed your phones. And they're like, look to me like, what? I said, but I won't have mine either. So we don't have a phone. So on Sunday morning, their phone, my phone goes, it comes, that's it. We stay there until they stay there till Monday morning. I check my mum Sunday night one. And oh my God, the difference is because it's like, right, what we're going to do? Right. Well, let's get out and do something outside. Let's do something, you know. Yeah. I mean, Molly, Molly's nine and she's been at a ride a bike since she was four. You know, she'd ride a bike in snow if you let her. And I remember one summer she, she said to me, Dad, we'll go for a bike ride. I'm like, but Molly, it's raining. And she just looked at me and went, so what? I was like, right, come on, let's go. You know, and it is, it's that. And, and as, as soon as you let them, or you let yourself kind of become, it's like a downward spiral. It's like, oh, I can't be bothered now, you know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I've had it sometimes on a, on a Monday when I've got in, it's like swimming's at nine o'clock on Monday as well. And I've sat down for, oh, I don't want to. But there's a, a group of us who car share with both skip to some cash here so it's like well I've got to pick them all up tonight so I have to go swimming you know or they're picking me up at that time I have to be ready for them kind of thing and I and the only the only sessions I regret ones I don't do you know I never I've never done a session thought oh, I wish I'd done that you know I've, I've done a session thought Jesus that were hard but I've never thought wish I'd done that you know um I've run half marathons and thought I wish I'd done the half marathon but <laughs> you know but um I've never regretted doing a session ever, you know. Mm-hmm. And and if I miss a session, I, I will regret it now. And I, I feel, and I do feel it 
into the evening, I struggle to sleep, and you know, and then you're thinking about other stuff that you don't need to be thinking about when you're going to sleep. You know, so I think you hit on something um, really pertinent, particularly to my industry, and that's screen time. And mm. you know, it's, I mean, I know that there's sort of there was a study done, and I found this as part of research for the next book. But there's a big study done in uh, Queensland University, mm. Australia, and, and it was I think it was five hundred thousand young people between thirteen and fifteen, mm. and the study returned results showing that. I don't know why it's different between genders, but for for whatever reason, for girls, it was over two hours was bad, basically. One to two hours was mm. fine. Um, mm. And then a switch to something physical was very healthy. Mm. Or four hours plus. But the results were pretty tangible for longer than mm. that in terms of that mm. energy of uh, discombobulation and of, uh, you know, of, uh, bad mental effects, basically, and, you know, down to lack of variation between physical and mental which i just found interesting and it's something i'm trying to learn more about before my kids hit an age when they're going to start asking for you know, yeah it, time. yeah the thing with the screen times it's it's one of them being self-employed i spend a lot of time answering messages and so on so it's that it's that i spend a lot of time on screens and you know i have some online clients so i spend a lot of time writing programs and doing zoom calls with them and that um but I've not done a lot of research, but I've read little bits and bats about how children's behaviour is affected massively by amount of screen time. Um, it probably boys more so. And, and there's this massive kind of surge in people being diagnosed with ADHD and, and other such, such conditions. And I know they're doing a lot of research around the world to do with screen time and ADHD. And, and I find well, my, my kids have no screen time. They're just much nicer, you know. Uh, but I'm saying if I put my phone down for a couple of hours, I feel nicer, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but it's 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 that it's really hard to to draw that because all their homework is set online now. <laughs> they have to have screen time, you yeah. know. They, they go get the bus in the morning at school, and their their bus pass is on their screen. Yeah. Right. Everything is on the phone, and that um, <clears throat> which is a little bit completely different to probably even when you were at school. You know, when I was at school, I remember we had one computer in the whole school. And yeah, we <laughs> it was like you use computers. No. Um, but yeah, it is. It's like, and, and I mean, I have a lot of a lot of clients who. I mean, if you if you stop a hundred people on on North Street and ask them what job they do, probably ninety of them, no matter what the answer, they sat at a computer all day. Yeah, you know, and it's sat trying to encourage people. Right, can you get more active at work? You know, can you? So, so one of the things I encourage is you need to be drinking more water. Okay, can you have a glass of water on the table every time it's empty? Go fill it up. You you'll get you break your day up a little bit. You'll you'll get a few more yeah. steps in. Okay, but you also you'll get up and and physically just kind of. Fire thing. My my watch. If I'm sat down for a lot of time, it buzzes and tells me to get up. You yeah. know, and I can set how long that that is for as well. You know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> this gets into um, another. This gets into another area because I had a, a last on the podcast called Lauren Kelly who did behavior design, which I'd never heard of when I interviewed her. But she was brilliant, and and it's about yeah. putting triggers in place to kind of work against yourself for better. And I yeah. do this. So I I you know I do, okay I do my ink drawings and I'll paint lettering. But once it's scanned, I'm on a screen, whether it's emailing clients, editing those files and the rest of it. So what I tend to do is, you know, schedule permitting. At worst, I'll take the dog out for 10 minutes. Sometimes if I've got a bit more time, I'll do my day and I'll break it into thirds. Mm. So I'll do, like, let's say, nine till half 11 at home. Yeah. And then 
just for a, a change in headspace and that physical stimulation, I'll go and walk into town and go to a coffee shop and sit in there and work for a couple of hours yeah. and then come mm. back. So again, it's it's all about <clears throat> customization and working, isn't it, with what you've got yeah, and what's possible. But as long as you remain mindful of it and know the benefits, then I think it's easier then to understand why you feel lethargic and why. And, yeah. it, and it's what you're doing on those screens as well. If that mm. screen is, let's say, a WhatsApp group for, like you said, the guys down at the gym, that's yeah. brilliant because that's a positive use and that's furthering those yeah. relationships. But if it's Twitter and you're doom scrolling about, you know, um, so whatever it might be yeah. and getting angry and, and building yourself up, that can yeah. really send you on a spiral. So how about replacing that time with, you know, with something, even if you're just going once a week, once a fortnight to a session, but the fallout is that you've got these positive relationships, yeah. then isn't that yeah. a better use? It's, I mean, one of the things I'm starting with some of my sort of longer term clients is, um, I'm encouraging them to sort of really start looking at the mental health as well as the physical health that we're doing with them. Um, so my my hundred day I mentioned hundred day challenge. My hundred day challenge is to uh, start journaling because I, it's something I've been a bit hit and miss with it in the past. I've started it, I've stopped it, I've done a few days, I've stopped, and it's one thing. And I, I listen to um, uh, Paul Mark quite a lot, and he's like journaling. You've got to journal. You've got to get up in the morning, and so I've started. I've started trying to get some of my clients to do that. You know, get up in the morning and. You know, write down something you're grateful for. You know, at the end of the day, review your day and things like that. You know, and, and what I find with, with with my own exercise, what that's starting to do is, it's like, what's important this week? Well, it's important this week. We do two runs, two swim sessions, two gym sessions. Okay, and then when it comes to a certain day, we're like, well, today's a day I need to do a gym session. When am I going to do it? And it makes me program it into the day, and I know I feel better for it. But that about going to a coffee shop, I I do um. Once a month, I have an afternoon where I go to a coffee shop where I know nobody will know me, okay, and I sit with my laptop to do a review of the month for the business, you know, what's worked, what hasn't worked, what do we need to do going forwards kind of thing, you know, and that, but again, that's all part of this almost like disconnecting from everything else that's going on because you look at things a little bit dispassionately, you know, yeah, that's where that, that project that I thought would be brilliant and I love it, it's not working, so kind of get rid of it kind of thing and and it's the same way like within that i will also sort of review my own physical activity as well as you know i've been really busy and i've allowed it to stop me doing the exercise that's why this bit of business isn't working so well because my mind's not in the game kind of thing you mm. know uh, so sometimes i get home and i'll have a list of like four people who i have to email with a rehab program and if i've trained that day i'll sit down and i'll run out in no time over to if I ever I'll sit down, I'll be sat on the computer and I'll be like on Instagram or, or something, just looking at nonsense, you know. Um, well, that's the I that's the thought, reason I that's the reason I do the thirds. It's because I um when I I know the times that I hit when my attention span starts to wane or or and I'm likelier then to jump on Twitter or something, you know. Yeah. If, that little walk across town, when I sit down then in the coffee shop, I'm, I'm always amazed at how well I hit the ground running on, on the next yeah. task and just renew that that zest, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I like to do that on a day where um, I've got to pick my kids up at a certain time. So I go, right, I've got X, Y, Z to do in this time. And I have to have it done by them because I've got to go pick my kids up from school or to pick Albert from nursery or from my mum's or wherever. You know, so that that helps with that a lot. Um <clears throat> So I, I get people, right, you need to be planning in when you do your exercise, when you do your activity, because physically you need to do it, but also 
increasingly people are seeing the benefits to the mental health and, and things like that. I mean, mental health is a, is a massive thing at the moment. Um, I don't know if just we're all suffering more or I think we probably are, but I think it's as a result of, I mean, 20 years ago, we didn't have mobile phones. We didn't have Facebook. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't have Twitter where you could get dragged into, like you say, scrolling through some argument. And it's, you're like, geez, what's going on here? Kind of thing. Yeah. Um, we have twenty four seven scrolling news now. Yeah, you know, I think don't it, watch the news. There's a lot of factors. Heads lack of yep. heads first because we, there's always something grabbing your you know attention. Yeah, mm. and the amount of people so you sit <clears> on a train <throat> or a bus and within seconds the phone's out. And I think sometimes you know I've done it myself. There's not even a reason to do it. It becomes a habit. Mm. Whereas actually that time staring out the window and just letting your mind wander is is really yeah, yeah. restorative yeah. and yeah. I, I got it last week with we, we Finley. I picked him up from school because um, he needed some shorts. Um, and he sat in the car, sat down, put his seatbelt on, pulled his phone straight out. And I was like, put your phone away. Oh, why? I'm like, let's have a chat about our days while I drive you home. You know, and it was like, and then we were chatting about something. And I said, well, I wonder what, what, what that is. First thing he did, we got his phone out. I'll Google it. No, put your phone away. Yeah. Put it away and I want to see your phone. You know, Um and I guess to some extent, I, I need to do that a bit more myself, be a bit more. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I, I just think there's so many factors. And if you look back 35, 40 years ago, people had a lot, a lot of people had jobs that were a lot more physically active than they are now. Yeah. Like I said previously, you know, nine out of 10 people sat at a desk all day at a computer, whereas 40 years ago, we didn't do that. We didn't have the, I mean, when I was a kid growing up, in my class of 30 kids at primary school, quite a lot had no car in the household, okay? The rest had one, except for one kid, and his dad had a company car. We thought they must have been loaded because they had two cars. Two cars is now the norm. It's, mm. it's the norm. And if you've got teenage kids, they probably got a car. So we don't walk anywhere. We don't get buses anywhere. You know, we, we drive absolutely everywhere, you know. Um, Finley goes to Explorers, sort of, which is next up from Scouts, and it's, it's half a mile from our house. <clears throat> So they're like, are you dropping me out? I'm like, no, you can walk there. You yeah. walk there, and when you finish at the end, drop me a message to say you're finished, and I'll walk on to meet you, you know, because I thought, you don't need to be in the car. I mean, I did pick him up the other week when we had the, some torrential rain, so I thought, I can't make you walk coming that even after yeah. that. Yeah, there's but common sense. But we do, we do, everything now is easier. Even mm. like, we've got a dishwasher. You know, when I was a kid, we didn't have a dishwasher. You stood up for 20 minutes washing pots and pans, you yeah. know, and kids now don't do that. We're not used to doing it. And we, we, we were less active. Um, and I remember doing a nutrition course and the guy told us, he said, so compared to 30 years ago, we burn off 800 less calories a day, but eat a thousand more than we used to. Mm. So we're eating a lot more, but doing less. And so, yeah. and so this is where we've got these, these, these obesity epidemics and people unhealthy. And there's lots and lots of what, what you might call modern illnesses that only increase. That a lifestyle, lifestyle, you know, down to lifestyle, people being less active, type two diabetes, you know, uh, you know, things like that. A lot of them are linked to lifestyle, and if you change your life, and it doesn't even need often massive, massive changes. Mm -hmm. It just needs little tweaks to your lifestyle and being a little bit mindful and planning ahead, and and it and and, and you can get on top of things like that. I mean, yeah. I, I have a numerous clients over the last five years who come with. I have a type two or being pre-type two diabetics, and we've turned it around by just changing the lifestyle. Ever just little tweaks, little tweaks, little tweaks, little tweaks, mm. and eventually, it, 
I mean, Team Sky used to call it marginal gains. Lots of tiny, tiny little changes build up to a big global difference, and that's and that's what we're looking for. Um, and and then when people get to that, mentally they feel better for it. Yeah. You know? And then when other people see that change, it's like, whoa, well, can I do that as well? You know, you know, and that's what we're looking for, really. Uh, getting people just to change their lifestyles a little bit, be more active, be healthier. The long-term benefits are immense, you know. Yeah. Like I mentioned my mum and dad before, but my dad's 76. I, when I was I'd ne- never known my dad being ill, ever. Mm. Never been, yeah, get a cold, so Never known him being properly ill, you yeah. know, because he's always been active. He's always gone to the gym. Even when he ended up in a job where he was sat down all day, okay, he'd still go to the gym when he finished. Yeah. You know? um, every every day, you know, even now that they, they go to Paris quite a lot. And we walk around Paris all day long. We're in the seventies. Yeah. You know, I know guys in the forties and struggle to walk to bus stop. Yeah. I'm like Me you too. create problems for yourself going forwards. You do, it's alarming and it's it's just a richer life as well when you get out and move and just be out mm. be outdoors and you know, the chance encounters, the things you see, it's just being attuned to the world yeah. around you as well. And I mean, how much, how much, what role does nutrition play in what you do? Because I'm always alarmed by just how little it's even mentioned within, you know, GP surgeries and things. And I think that is criminal, really. But it's, I mean, they're not trained. I know that. But they, I really think they should be, or at least partnering with nutritionists. Yeah, it's, it's, ma- it's massive, is nutrition. Um, and the problem with nutrition is there's lots of these, these online fat loss coaches who, and all the talk about is, calorie deficit, calorie deficit, which, yeah, do you know what? If you want to lose weight, you've got to be in a calorie deficit. But whatever diet someone's doing, and I don't really like saying to people, we're going to put you on a diet and say, we're going to look at your nutrition and let's see if we can make any tweaks to it. Um, whatever whatever diet you're on, it's got to be sustainable. There's no point in saying it's right. You're going to cut your carbs out for six months, okay, because as soon as you put them back in, you're going to bang that weight back on. And it's that, and he's, he's making people enjoy eating. And and what you find is once people start eating a little bit better and they get a little bit more active, they intuitively just make better choices. They just make better choices. You know, um, I I get people if if they need to be in a calorie deficit, I say, but we need lots of vegetables and fruit. But you know what? You want a pizza Saturday night? Have a pizza Saturday night. It's not going to kill you. Um, and, and there's a there's a big problem with with sort of nutrition is that there's a lot a lot of people get this really bad relationship with food and we refer to foods as good foods and bad foods and it's getting people past that there's no good foods there's no bad foods it's just bad diets that's all it is you know pizza if you have a pizza every couple of weeks that's not going to kill you and you're going to really enjoy it now broccoli which is really good for you but if all you eat is broccoli that's not good for you you know so it's getting people into this mindset you've got to enjoy your diet do you know if you don't like broccoli eat peas eat mix you know but getting people into this, this habit of eating well but hitting all the nutrients that they need and things like that. Um, and again, a lot of people have this idea that they struggle with diet because they there's so much conflicting information out there. And it's just getting people just to make, again, like with, with exercise, make, make little change, just little changes with the diet, you know. Um, yeah, you, know, you have you have 12 cups of coffee a day. Well, you know, that's a bit much, is that? Let's, can we cut that down a bit? And, you know, but if you say to someone, right, you have 12 cups of coffee a day, you're not allowed any. That ain't gonna work, but yeah. But I, I'll, I'll do little things like right. Do you know what? Every time you go make a cup of coffee, you got to drink half a glass of water before you drink it. You know, or a couple of mouthfuls of water. And then what happens over time is, this, we'll, make, we'll still make the twelve cups of coffee, but we'll only drink half of each one. So immediately you tripped them into doing six cups of coffee and increasing the water intake. 
you know. I mean, eventually I get to a point where they go and make a cup of coffee, drink the water, I don't even make the cup of coffee, you know. <laughs> yeah. So the nutrition is, is is massive, and nutrition can make you can make or break any kind of exercise that you're doing as well. Um, so tonight I, I'll swim tonight. I don't swim until 9 o'clock. So I need to eat my main meal about 4 o'clock. Otherwise, if I eat too late, I get in the pool and I'm sluggish and I'm carrying it. If I don't eat, I get in no energy, you know. And so so if, if you're looking at someone for performance, that is massively important. Um, but just general people, you can make people feel better by just introducing more water, a bit more vegetables, you yeah. know, a little bit more fruit, you know. Once you start doing that, they, they automatically start cutting down on other things, you know, yeah. you know, and, and just pointing out to people like, you have four cups of tea a day. Yeah, yeah. Do you have sugar? Oh, no, I don't have sugar. I have a couple of biscuits with each one. All right. Do you know what? Can we just have one biscuit with each one? Yeah, why? Well, you know, each of those custard creams is 64 calories. So if you have two each time, by the end of the day, you've done 600 calories in custard creams. And you, they don't fill you up, do they? <laughs> you know, <laughs> just little, little tricks like that. Get, you can still have a custard cream, but just have one. Yeah. You know, you know that, that kind of thing. So it is really, really important. And, and I think people are starting to realise how important nutrition is. Um, mm. but, but then we have this, obviously, with the cost of living crisis and everyone's concerned about And people have this like, well, it's really expensive to eat healthy. And, and once you start breaking it down, people say, it's not, it's actually can be cheaper. Yeah. You know, and I mean, obviously, with, on, on, a, on a good day, there's six of us in the house, you know, so you can imagine how much food we get through. And growing teenagers, Jesus, never stop eating. Um <laughs> But it's like planning ahead and, you know, right, we're going to have spaghetti bolognese on a Tuesday. No, let's do it in a slow cooker so everyone can come in and get it as they need it. It's just, just planning ahead. It's when it's when you don't plan ahead with the nutrition that you fall down. Oh, we've got no win. Right, let's get a takeaway. You yeah. know? And again, like I said, having no takeaway is not bad. It's when you when it's a regular part of your diet that it's not yeah. good. Um, <clears throat> um, and I always say, say to people, look, do you know what, if – you're doing all this exercise and you're eating really well. What's the point of spending all weekend eating eating a load of rubbish? And then, but then some people come and say, "Yeah, do you know what? I had a takeaway Saturday. Do you know what? I felt rotten afterwards. I have no one, you know, because I've started eating better and yeah. then they realise the, the benefits of eating well. And 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 I'm and I don't I don't know the research on this one. I'll be honest, but I'm sure there's links between diet and mental health. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's definitely links between. The years back, researching um, food additives and behaviour on children, there was a direct link drawn between them. So now you can't get a lot of the additives were banned because of exactly that reason. Um, yeah. You know, if my, if my kids have had a load of sugar and then you get that crash, it's like... Yeah. It, I started it, to notice know. the next day, you know, where the particular... Well, not early parenthood, but, you know, I'd have chocolate, too much chocolate in the evening. And I'd always notice just that, just that bit more bit more fatigue, bit more a bit crankier the next morning. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and, I, yeah. and I've really policed my. That was my weakness was was sweet tooth, and yeah. um, and I've you know and I've really worked it, really done well with it, and I just feel so much better for it. And you and I, again, I don't know the science myself, but it's just you don't have to know it; you can feel it. And, you know, it yeah, there's, there's a lot of anecdotal stuff out there that will say, do you know, when I don't eat chocolate five nights a week, I feel a little better. You know, I, I've I've got this one woman who comes to see me, lovely woman, mad as a box of frogs, you know, and she was like, oh, I'm not losing any weight. I'm like, well, let's have a look at what you're eating. And she was eating really well. And I said, well, what, what, what about at night? I said, do you have any soup? Oh, yeah, just have a little bit of chocolate. She's eating a 200-gram bar of chocolate every night. I'm like, 
Really? Can we can we cut it down to 100 grand by the chocolate? <laughs> she did that, a little bit of weight started dropping off and it was like just getting people to realise. Because you know what? It, it, most people won't, won't look at the calories in something. And mm. Once you start looking at the calories in things, it's like, Jesus, how many calories in? I'm not eating that. You know, yeah. um, especially when I, when I have clients and they, they are, we are tracking calories. They start becoming mindful and they start scanning it into my fit. Oh, it's, oh, that's 500. I am going to eat that because I'm going to save those calories for later because that's nicer. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's just getting, just getting that. But but food is massively important and, and, and water, you know, and and restricting how often people drink alcohol. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I personally, I, I don't really drink. I have, if I have a drink, I have one drink. That's it. And I have not, I've not been drunk or even tipsy for probably 20 years now. Um, I don't miss it. I just stopped because I didn't like it, basically. Yeah. Um, but during lockdown, people got in this habit of drinking every single night, and it's, it's kind of a norm. And, and again, going back to when I was a kid, if you, if you went to the supermarket, the wine and beer section was a separate area, and it was only open when the pubs were open, 12 till 3, and then later on. But it wasn't open later on because the supermarket was shut. Whereas now it's all aisle and it's the norm and people yeah. have a glass of wine with the tea and things like that. And it's almost like we need to kind of get people away from that that normality yeah. of drinking. Um, Very bad for mental health. It's a real downer. Yeah, yeah. And I and and I found when I did stop drinking, I'd go places and people offered me a drink. And people offer you a cigarette and you say, no, I don't smoke. No one ever questions it. They offer you a drink and you say, no, they question it. What, what do you mean? I'm a vegetarian and it's the same reaction. Yeah. You mentioned the word vegan to anyone. You, you yeah. know, you're encroaching on that tradition and for whatever reason, they take it as a personal, you know, yeah, like yeah, them. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 I've just said what I am and I've got my reasons. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. You know. I, well, that, that, I mean, the vegan diet thing is really interesting because um, I, I'm, I'm currently doing a nutrition course actually in level four, which is so hard. It's unbelievable. Um, but the guy who runs it, Ben Coomba, he, he's like nutrition is, is phenomenal. And he said we should we should all be following a plant-based diet supplemented with animal products. You know, and, and I know quite a few vegans who don't call themselves vegans because the term vegan has this kind of um it's um it's about your morals and how you feel about animals. And we don't call ourselves vegans say I follow a plant-based diet because it's not necessarily about the welfare of animals, although that can, might well be an issue, okay, but it's, it's because they don't want to be kind of dragged into that argument kind of thing, which happens quite yeah. a lot. Uh, and I've had debates with vegans and said, you know what, you're right, we should all be eating more plant-based, but sometimes you need to maybe go about it a different way. Instead of doing all the horror stories, why not say, you know, this is what I eat, look how great I feel and things like that. You know? Oh, yeah. Have you seen the, have you, have you watched the Game Changers? Yeah, I watch Game Changers and... <clears throat> It very selective about what science we used. Um, you know, very selective. Say, oh, this 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 world champion is a vegan, and then it's like, yeah, but we're always vegan, you know. And also, this world champion over here, he's not vegan, you know. It, very dodgy science and that, you know. Um, and and I am very much. I mean, one of the things we're doing at the moment is we're trying to eat a lot more vegetables in, in the house and things like that. Um, um, making it almost making it a bit more plant based, but with with animal products to supplement it, you know. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's just getting people to make that that little change, you know, those links, and you know, yeah. getting them to eat better without yeah. restricting what we eat. You know, if you want a burger, have a burger. 
you know. Well, that's you it. Know that's what, have a salad with it. No. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I, I initially thought that you'd be a good guest because I, I loved what you said about there are no bad foods, only bad diets, and I thought absolutely right. We, you know, yeah, yeah. Indian on most throughout lockdown, we had an Indian most Friday nights because we were new parents, so we weren't going out regardless of COVID, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and that was our treat. And then you know, don't get me wrong, you feel a little bit. I feel that a little bit the next morning, but I'm also like, that's my that's fine. Most of the week, I'm very yeah, yeah. a balanced diet. I like enjoy yeah. cooking, and one bit of advice I send to every new friend who's about to become a parent i said well three three key bits of advice and one of them is to batch cook on mass and freeze it good healthy meals because then first few weeks you're just so exhausted that you don't want to cook and to count yourself ordering takeaways or eating fast food it's an awesome feeling when you know you've got this really good whatever it is thai red curry in your fridge in your freezer that you can just chuck in the microwave and boil some rice for 10 minutes and when you've when you've done the behavior design on yourself it's like I just it got me through those early weeks with staying well hydrated, mm-hmm. well and and good nutrition. You know, yeah, yeah. We, I mean, one of I, I I try not to give too much parenting advice because I just think it's uh, people say uh, I, I used to do a lecture every year to midwives at Salford University on the experience of becoming a father and how you treat by being uh, medical professionals and things like that. And um, um, so, and I always say I'm not an expert parent. I'm an expert at my parenting, but not ours. But I remember one thing my mum always said to me before before my eldest were born. He said, she said, it's really important that you must find time for yourself away from the baby because the baby will grow up and leave. You're still you're still there, kind of thing. Yeah. You know. Uh, but you're right about the food thing. But but that that advice to new parents that can go to anybody. Yeah. You know. I mean, we we have. Um, at the gym where I'm at, we have quite a lot of we have power lifters, we have weightlifters, we have um, uh, bodybuilders, and the bodybuilders all meal prep on a Sunday night. And you'll see the pictures on Instagram and we've got 24 meals for the next seven days, all in Tupperware boxes and that, you know. Um, and I say, and, we'll, and some people say, oh, God, that's a bit of a bother. I'm like, no, it's not. It's a couple of hours on a Sunday afternoon. When I'm done for a week, I don't have to cook again. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, so, so if we make a chili, I make enough to feed twice as many of us as there is. Because yeah. it half goes in the freezer, yeah, you know, me too. Um, you know, and and when when Albert was born, I bizarrely enough, Albert was born, I wound up in hospital actually, and uh, people were bringing Jen round food round for Jen, and I was saying like, like accept every meal they bring you, yeah, it saves you doing it as a new parent and that, but but that kind of advice I think is good for anyone, you know, yeah, batch right. cook stuff, batch yeah. cook stuff. We've got a second freezer and garage, so that when we batch cook stuff, we've always got room for it, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's four of you, so I imagine when your freezer's full, your freezer's full. You it know, is. So. It's action-packed, Paul. But, but again, it's just you're just being realistic about the fact that at any time in the week, you might have a day when you're really tired, you're really wrong side yeah, out, yeah. the rough work, yeah. and you don't want to cook, but you do want to eat well, you know, so it's just... Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but again, though, if if you've decided that I'm having a takeaway, have a takeaway. Yeah. You know, I mean, oh, I mean one, of, one, of my, one of my clients... Um, she would we're doing sort of a bit of a weight loss program and she had a calorie target and what i do with them the, the track on my my fitness pal and they allow me access so i can watch their tracking and if they're not tracking i'll mess with my interview tracking and anyway one saturday i went on and she was like 800 calories over a daily target i'm like geez what's going on there so i flicked back through the week and on every day of that week she'd gone well under what she should have done so she basically banked up these calories for Saturday because she knew she was going to have a big blowout. And I was like, that's absolutely fine. And, you know, um, 
But it's getting people into that mindset, right? You know, you're going out this Saturday, you're going to have 10 pints of lager and a curry. You know what? During the week, just cut back a little bit. You know, don't have that bar of chocolate that you're going to have because that'll save you a pint of beer straight away. You know, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, but like back to your original thing is nutrition is massively important. You know, um, and a lot, again, one of the things that does annoy me about a lot of these online weight loss coaches is they will say it's all about what you eat, it's not really about what you're exercising. But the exercise is massively important, massively important. Um, you know, a lot of them will say things like, you don't need to do any cardio, you just just lift weights. Now, for fat loss, yeah, that, that's great. But for overall around health and fitness, you need to do cardio. You need to be able to run for a bus. You know, you need to be able to play football in the park with kids and things like that. So it's that all around health and fitness. Now, if someone comes to me who wants to work with me who is um, – sport specific and certainly like sort of semi-pro footballer or you know an elite athlete then our training will be completely different okay it might be that it's mainly cardio it's mainly weight but that's specific to them um but for most people you need a mix of them all and you, you to say well i can lose the weight just by watching that yeah you can lose the weight by just looking at your diet but you need that physical activity because again it releases endorphins it makes you feel better you know, if you're going outside, whatever time you eat, you will get a little bit of vitamin D. And if over summer, I mean, most of us during winter will, will be a little bit vitamin D deficient. Okay, but over summer, you can make up for that by getting outside. You know, mm. um, in, in the summer, first thing I do in the morning, I try to be first one up. Don't always work with Albert anymore because he likes to get up early. But if I'm first one up, I come downstairs quietly, make myself a drink, and I'll just go out in the garden, and just have a pot around, you know, mm. just... Just getting some fresh air and some natural light, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but but yeah, like I said, nutrition massively important. And there's a saying of a you can't out train a bad diet, and it's right, you know. Yeah. You need to be exercising and training, but you also need to be eating well because that, yeah. that has a massive effect right right the way through. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've covered more stuff. Is there anything you would give as a sort of because I've got a person in mind who's maybe not sporty, they've not really habitually done a great deal in terms mm. of exercise, physical health, and maybe they're coming into the winter feeling down, you know, they work on the screen a lot. I mean, I think I think you've kind of given a lot of tips within what we've talked about as in the kind of incremental changes and things like that. But is there anything as a starting point that you would offer up to somebody who's maybe in those shoes? Well, I would always say, like I said before, you, you can, your, your entry-level activity is walking, okay? But one of, one of the things I would say is is it's, it helps if you make yourself accountable to somebody else. So you say to your wife, your husband, your partner, your, your parents, whatever, do you know what? This 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 month I'm gonna hit ten thousand steps every day. Will you check up on me? You know, and, and I, I do it sometimes with Jen. I'll say, you know what? Uh this week I'm not gonna do such and such. And then she'll I am a snacker at night. I'm I'm a boredom eater. So she sat working being a primary school teacher, she's always got work to do. Um and I go in the kitchen, she'd be like, What are you doing? And you know, just she said, You don't want her to eat it. She's right, I don't. And or she'll call at the supermarket on the way over, she'll message me, Do you want any treats getting? No, I don't get us in there. And then when she gets in later now, didn't you get any treats? No, you told me not to. And it's like, <laughs> but and I'm like, and then in the morning I wake up, I'm glad I did the treats last night because I feel better for it. But yeah, I would say get yourself walking and 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 work out what your average step step count is, and then try and increase it by 10% every couple of weeks. So if your average step count is 5,000, don't go right after to get it to 10,000, get it to 5,500 and then get it to six and so on. But then again, like I say, making yourself accountable, setting up a little WhatsApp group with your mates who are all in the same position. We all need to get more, oh yeah, I've been out for water. Or someone messages and say, anyone fancy going for a, 
going for a walk today. You know, once you've arranged that walk, you've got to turn up and do it, otherwise you're letting your mates down, aren't you? But no one wants to let the mates down. So I'll, I'll do it if I know I need to do a long run and I don't know that come the day I have to do it, I won't feel like doing it. I'll message my mate Darren and I'll say, fancy a long run with Sunday, I'm thinking 12 miles. Yeah, yeah, I'll meet you at Sunset this time. End of conversation. No, you know, then we rock up and it's like, yeah, we said 12 miles, let's do 12 miles. You yeah. know, but yeah, that. So just start gently, build it up gradually. But making yourself accountable really, really helps, you know. And, and I have I have clients who I no longer work with who still use me for accountability, you know. And and I'll message them how you're getting on. You're doing this. You're not doing it. Why are you doing it? Because you know what? It costs me not to send them a WhatsApp, you know. And it, it, it keeps that connection with them, keeps them on track, kind of thing. And without sounding mercenary, when one of their mates needs somebody, whoever sending them, we're going to send them to, to me every time, you know. Yeah. So it, that that's that's the way I see it anyway. So, but yeah. Start slow, start with walking. Um, and when you want to start in the gym, just bite the bullet and go, you know. And most gyms, most, most, the most thing I hear from people is, um, everybody will be watching me. I'm like, no one's watching you because you know what? We're all worried that everybody's watching them. And we're not, no one cares what you're doing. And most people will look at you and go, that guy's new. Good on him. Yeah. You know, and certainly with gym we have, if you see someone new, Someone will go up and talk, oh, yeah, you're here. How are you doing? How's your training? What are you training? What are you, yeah. you know, and that, yeah. that, that's what And there's, you know, there's advice that I give to creatives all the time who are struggling to find yeah. their own direction or whatever. And I think it applies exactly in exactly the same way, which is personalize it, you know, pay attention to your personality, mm. what, what gets you going, and make mm. it fun because people forget that they did this yeah. in the first place because it was, they enjoyed it. You know, yeah, yeah. so hung up on what they think might be expected of them by industry or need to do this to get to that level. And they forget to keep enjoying it. And I, I imagine yeah. it's, you know, the same with it, with the exercises. There are yeah, million, it, a million different things you can do and it doesn't have to be a gym. It doesn't have to be a run. It can be whatever yeah. works for, for you and your schedule. Exactly. You've got to do something you enjoy. Like like you were your five aside. You enjoyed your five aside. So you went every week, yeah. you know, so I'd say exactly the same. If you don't like the gym, you enjoy swimming, go swimming. You know, if you don't like running, but you enjoy cycling, go cycling. Yeah. You know, but but at the same time, try something new sometimes. You yeah. know, and see if that, that helps kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, and join up with mates who are in the same position. Yeah. You know, we need to do more walking. Let's do it together. And, make, yeah. and then, you're, then you're relying on each other a little bit and you don't want to let anyone down, do you? So most people don't anyway. So, okay. Well, that's it. Well, I mean, yeah. that's been brilliant, Matt. I mean, it's uh, covered, covered a lot there, and I think that's going to be of great help to a lot of people, certainly giving me more food for thought as well. Yeah. <laughs> ah, good, 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 good. Yeah. You know, like I say, just, you know, um, I, I get loads of messages every day, every week, emails, people just asking for little bits and bits of advice. And, and and I've got a client who said to me, why do you do that? Why do you give people free advice? I'm like, because they just want that little push in the right direction and it's helping people out, so that's what I do. You yeah. know, yeah. Try this, try that, you know. And again, without being mercenary, sometimes they'll come back and say, I need to come and see you for a few weeks. And, and that's what we do. And yeah, my, I mean, my, well, aim, my, my aim with a lot of them is that they'll come and see me for a few weeks and I don't want to see them again. Yeah. You know, so, uh, you know that's, that's the key. Although some do stay for years. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, that's it. It's the same. I'm the same. It's, when you're passionate about it, it goes beyond your profession, doesn't it? So yeah, if yeah. you can help somebody with what you do, it's a great feeling. So, yeah. yeah well, yeah. And lastly, where can people uh, where can people find find your business and come and find you? Um, I, I'm on Instagram quite a lot, um, business stuff and also kids stuff. So that's uh, uh, New Physio and Fitness. Um, same, I've got a Facebook page as well, New Physio and Fitness as well. I think that's New Physio Fit. Um, I have got a website, but it's a bit rubbish. Um, 
Um, but yeah, they're my, my two main places. And, that, and I'm soon going to be starting up TikTok, but that's going to be like a real specific project. And that's, uh, uh, I'm just kind of learning my way around that one, you know, because um, it's, it's a bit of a funny one, TikTok, isn't it? You know, but yeah, they're the main places and that. So, and I, like I say, I'm always quite happy for people to send me a message, ask for a little bit of tip and advice, even if it's just pointing them to someone else to get the advice they need, you know, that, that that's often what I do as well. So, so yeah. Brilliant. Awesome, mate. Well, that's been great and uh, lovely, yeah. to, lovely to catch up as well. Yeah, yeah, and you, enjoy the rest of your day. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, I'll uh, keep an eye on what you're up to. All right, and Bodhi, I'll let you know when it's going to be out anyway, so you can share it. And uh... Yeah, that's great. All right, Embed. Cheers, then. Thank you very much to Matt McCall for taking the time. Go and check him out over at New Physio and Fitness. Very, very good at what he does, and I hope that you saw the passion with which he does it. Um, it was great fun to catch up and chat with him. There's, there's more where that came from. Go and read up on the, the mental well-being that comes from physical activity, about getting in shape and finding the best way to do that. Like I said, I'm about to buy a bike and I'm just going to use it as a way to explore the new city where I've moved in Salisbury. Um, you know, I'm going to see new stuff. I'm going to get new creative stimulus. And by doing that, by being on a bike, I'm going to feel a bit better for it. It's as simple as that. I don't have the time to find any kind of regular routine or regimen at the moment to go to any gyms or join any sports clubs but a bike is just there i can go around the block i can freshen up my mind and i'm a big believer in making sure that you leave time for personal relaxation and sport and and, and feed yourself well and, and i think if we all do that then it's going to be good going to be better this winter easier to manage so thank you for listening we've got dan kieran coming up the former f- uh, ceo of unbound and he's a writer an author he's got over 12 books a very talented very fascinating guy that's a big big episode coming up i'm going to be talking to adelaide demoa about her wonderful performance art i'm going to have joanna henley coming back um i think she's still known as misled if not she was awesome illustrator all-around creative professional doing some wonderful mentorship schemes at the moment very broadly talented she's been on the show twice before and we're gonna have her back for a third time i think that's unprecedented on this podcast exciting stuff coming up hit me up if you want to be on the show i'm always open to approaches i'm always open to suggestions of somebody you want to hear from or a topic you want me to cover keep the conversation going thank you for listening cheers again to illustration x for supporting the show we are illustration x on social media illustrationx.com for their wonderful animation and illustration portfolio cheers to matt thanks for listening have a great week guys